G'day and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Parish. We're a church that's all about knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. And if you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit anglicandolby.org.au. This week's sermon is part of a series called Reliable Revelation. We're looking at Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 to 17, and it's entitled, Who's In and Who's Out? We hope you enjoy the sermon. The first reading is from Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 to 17. I suppose I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Say that I can do anything for the day, but sit on the throne and keep it on. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Angels and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God for ever and ever. Amen. In one of the elders asked me, Those in what ways do I go? And where do I come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, Those are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And his, He who sits on the throne will shelter them with His presence. Never again will lie hunger, never again will lie thirst. The sun will not beat down on them nor any scorching heat, for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Hear the word of the Lord. The is indeed a reliable book. Was a, a story book, a book to, to threaten people. 
what we're finding as we're going through Revelation, and we've been going through it the last couple of weeks, is that it is a reliable book with a sad that is not seen as spiritual and spiritual in nothing. And that's what we're going to start today. Last week we looked at Revelation 5 and encourage you, if you haven't read it before, go home and read it today. Um, but we went fast forward to Revelation 7. And um, so if you, if you have those few thousands in front of you, I encourage you to go to page 1508. And then you'll find Revelation chapter 6 and 7. And I'm going to give you a short summary of Revelation chapter 6 because there's some really interesting stuff here. Life is a break from the norm. 
rather than the norm. The experience of the dragon in that meeting is is a vision of an altar and underneath the altar are saints, people who have been killed for their faith. And I ask, well, how long will injustice go on? And God says, a little while longer. And you get some white words and they are sent to sleep. Scenario number six brings earthquakes. And in the scenario verse, there was a great earthquake, the sun was turned black, the sun was made of gold hair, the whole moon was turned black, the sun was black in the sky, and in the sky, the sea is like a scroll. And in the end of Revelation 6, there's this really important question. And it turns out that the princes and generals who written the land and every slave and every female were hidden caves among the rocks of the mountains. They called to the mountains and the rocks, throwing it from caves from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the rocks of the land. So the great day of their rocks has come. And the question is, who can stand? Now, I'm thinking about how we're going to tell the story. So, this is going to be the most important thing we're going to do. This Thank you. 
that he believed in the Jesus before Jesus rode into Jerusalem before his crucifixion. As we did this pause in heaven, we see heaven as a further part of Sunday, a day when people actually get to see Jesus face to face and worship him. A day of singing, a day of dancing, and a day of joy. Now, friends, this is always a vision of heaven. It's not a vision of some sort of heaven and some sort of judgment or hell. We just use different names. We all believe that people should be judged. Usually, these are the people who aren't like us. Rappers, people who come to us and trust us. And sometimes those who call us just before we're about to sit down to dinner. And that's the whole ideas of who should go to heaven. People who pay their taxes, money their keys and cues, and do good deeds, they should go to heaven. People who agree with us on religion, politics, and who have the same 42 in his name, they should go to heaven. In this way, we make ourselves the center and the judges of heaven. But here in Revelation, we see God's answer to the question of who can stay, who's in and who's out. 144,000, a long, corrupted multitude, sing in verse 10. Look at verse 10. Salvation belongs to our God, who sits in the sun and to the land. And so, first of all, we can do three things. In heaven, there is a multitude. More people than we can ever imagine. Not just people like us, but people from every tribe and language and nation. And two, salvation belongs not to us, not to people, but to God. He decides who's out and who's in. This leads us to another question. We've asked who can stay, but there's another question. As chapter 7 rolls on, we get further visions of angels, elders, and creatures that represent the heavenly, human, and animal kingdoms in their bearing down to God and worshiping Him. And that's the same thing happens. In Peter, they are the first ones that don't have to take care of us in the world. They represent human, human wisdom and human kingdoms, and people are faithfully served there. He comes up to John in verse 13 and says, There is a message that's still here, and then he goes to them. And in verse 13, he's actually in the vision, and he's saying, Um, for a month, he's saying, 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 Here's this wonderful truth. John has the humility not to claim he knows who's out and who's in. We see people on the altar running away from God. But here we get closer to who is sealed, who can stand. Is it just the good people? Is it just the 144,000 Jehovah's Witnesses? Who can stand? Who is sealed? The elder stated, this is very interesting, in verse 14, he says, These are those who have come out of the great tribulation, 
and, and some people feel that fear between rich and powerful in mind. A bit like cities that draw people from all around, lying, singing up, and on and You would better that to make your fame and fortune. The first thing is a backside. Malaria flies in the city of a million people where they live around open sewers. Prostitution, extortion, and all sorts of addictions will rise and rain stirred up multitudes Every year, thousands of people emigrated to Rome, and many, many of those people died only a few years later. What seemed like heaven on earth quickly became something else. And here God is saying to his people, some of whom might have been tempted to bow their knee to Rome, hold on. There is a real heaven. It's bigger, wiser, and more wonderful than anything you could ever imagine. Thank heavens, still exist today. The places that pleasure, power, and prestige are offered to us right now on a platter. Many are drawn in for quick relief. But God says, stand firm. One day I will wipe away every tear from your eyes. In 2005, Daryl Taylor Ludwig wrote this poem that became the subject of a million forwarding mails. I think I've got this poem a hundred times. <laughs> but I thought of it as I was preparing for this sermon because it's kind of relevant. I'm going to read it to you. I was felt confused, bewildered, as I think it has in store. Not the beauty of it all, nor the lights or its decor. There was a folks in heaven that had me spare on the glass. The things, the lies, the fools, the alcoholics and traps. There stood the curtains of his brother who swiped my wrestling twice. Next to him was my hard neighbor who never said anything nice. Her eyes was running around the hall, was sitting pretty on the line, looking incredibly well. I asked Jesus, what's the deal? I would love to do your take. All these things aren't clear, but I must have made a mistake. And why is everyone so quiet? First time they give me a clue. Child said, they were in the sky. I never thought they'd be sitting with you. Yes, the time wasn't theoretically perfect, but it was such a hope that we so often obsessed with heaven. We were so obsessed with finding it, we tried to claim it for ourselves through our own actions. And as we did, it detracts us from our purpose here in life. Therefore, we get caught in chasing heaven or dividing our world into greens or bads. And we forget that God has a purpose for us, that God has a mission. This passage shows us the way that heaven is through Jesus, but it also spurs us into mission. And it's not so good 
Spirit. 